que en Oaxaca se toma el mascal con café. Cuentan que en Oaxaca se toma el mascal con café. Dicen que la hierba le cura la mala fe. Dicen que la hierba le cura la mala fe. A mí me gusta el mole, que soledad me va a moler. A mí me gusta el mole, que soledad me va a moler. Welcome to 30 Minutes with Nettie. My name is Nareda Fernandez. I go by Nettie, and I am your host. The mission of 30 Minutes with Nettie is to provide a platform to discuss and share personal stories to enhance our understanding and personal growth. The idea is simple. The more we share, the more we can learn from one another. Hello, happy Monday, happy October 10th. Thank you for joining me today. For today's episode, Christian Delgado joins me. Chris shares her experience battling cancer twice before and her decision of choosing an alternative way to battle it this third time. Se muele con cacahuate, se muele también el pan, se muele la almendra seca, se muele el chile, también la sal. Thank you for joining me. I'm here with Chris today. Hi, Chris. Hi. And I'm excited for this episode. Uh, we've already, this is our third time trying to do it. Is it? I think I think you can't. I think on actually, yeah. Hey, <laughs> but there were there were legitimate reasons, and I'm still like suffering the consequences of the last cancellation. <laughs> no, there were legitimate reasons, and that's why I didn't. You know, here we are now. Yeah, it's done. I'm yeah. here, so I'm excited this. to have you here because just like myself, I'm sure a lot of people are interested to hear. Um, I know. It kind of became a little bit more public after the GoFundMe. Yeah. So um, I just want to share your story. Let's start all the way from the beginning as to when, because this is your third time getting cancer. Yes. So the mic is all yours. Uh, introduce yourself for someone who does not know you at all. Hi, guys. My name is Chris. Um, my full name, though, is Christian. And uh, yeah, this is the third time that I'm battling cancer. It's just kind of crazy that I have, like that I'm actually saying that because I feel good. I feel like I look good, you know, everything. I don't feel sick. I don't okay. feel sick. I guess that's what I should say. I don't feel sick, but unfortunately, the reality is that I do. I do have cancer, and right now this is my third time battling it, and it's probably the hardest one because it's like I'm running out of options, and I have to do something to, I guess, be a miracle <laughs> for yeah. myself. Chris is extremely young. Um, you didn't share your age. I hope you don't mind sharing your no, age. No, that's fine. But Chris is only 31 years old. Um, she is a mother of three, and the first time was when you were 24, you shared with me? Yes. I was 24 years old and I was diagnosed with, it's called liposarcoma. Okay. And it's been within my abdomen only. Uh, those are really the only areas that have been affected. And the first time, um, it was just taken care by a surgery. That was really it. I didn't have to do anything else and just follow-ups and... For five years, everything was clean until my five-year appointment. Actually, that's when the reoccurrence happened again. 
and that was in August of 2014. So, you know, we went through a different approach. I did chemo. I went through chemo and surgery as well. After that was all said and done, I was supposed to be, I guess you can say, cancer-free. But really not even a year after I was done with chemo, my last session, I was re-diagnosed in March of 2015. So... This is where I'm at right now. I decided not to do any chemo because that's really my only option right now in terms of Western medicine. And through my most recent diagnosis, I was going to school. And so I was on the internet a lot and I just started researching a lot of um, alternative methods of Mm -hmm. cancer, you know, like of curing your cancer. I want to go back a little bit to the first time. I think it's interesting how the first time you did the surgery, the second time you did surgery and chemo, and now the third time you're choosing an alternative, Mm -hmm. um, trying to avoid chemo as much as possible. Take us back to where you were in life for your first one and how, what were the symptoms or did you just go do a checkup or how did that come about? I had my first pregnancy and I had my second pregnancy and everything was fine with them. After two years that's when I started really feeling something again and it wasn't until one day I had gotten back from a trip to uh from California okay and my husband Miguel um I had asked him if he could pretty much rub my back because it was hurting a lot from the airplane and he started doing it and as soon as he touched the left side of my rib it it didn't hurt but I felt like something pushed down And I just knew that wasn't correct, you know, and I was just kind of like, what was that? And it didn't hurt. And again, like it didn't make me scared, but and I avoided it. I wanted to avoid it as well for like two months, I think. Mm -hmm. And finally, I went to the doctor for that same reason, like one I just went and they did it the ultrasound, and as soon as they were doing the ultrasound, I saw that there was something like a mass. There. So you could see it, like on the screen. Oh yeah, okay. It was huge. It was huge. You told me how how big was your first one? It was um about eight pounds, maybe. Once they took it out. Once they took it out, because they also removed my left kidney, at that time. Okay, and so because it was connected to it. It was connected. My kidney was functional everything was fine with it it was just encapsulated by the tumor tumor at that time the first one you only had one tumor yes it was one tumor it was just very big Big. okay so they removed it and you thought yeah they removed it they said everything they told you it was cancer it was a low-grade cancer you know they said that it had probably been developing for a couple of years, like very slow growing. Mm-hmm. So I got checked up for five years. At the five-year mark, it came back. But I was just re- reading my surgical notes the other day, and uh, it said that they ended up taking out like nine spots. Okay. And they pretty much all um, showed the cancerous uh, okay. cells within them. So then the second time, um, because I know now... The third time that you were diagnosed, you were also going to school, so you were a little bit more aware or had more knowledge of alternative. So back when you had the second one, was it just, did they tell you just let's do chemo and you just kind of followed because you trusted? Pretty much, yes. That's really what happened the second time. I was just like, ah, kind of over it. 
I I blame myself because I I didn't research anything. I really just trusted my doctors. I think all of us we when I hear cancer, I think of chemo right away. So I don't know of other alternatives. So that's why I think it's so important to share your story um because a lot of us just think that's that's it, mm-hmm. but there's so much more. Yeah. Chemo and cancer go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> they do. So the first time they removed it, everything was fine for five years. The and then one. the second time mm-hmm. it was re-diagnosed and yeah, it happened so quick. I went through chemo. It's pretty brutal. Like it was, it just sucked. Like it just sucked. I was, it was different for me also because it was a very aggressive form of chemo. Okay where I was admitted to the hospital for four days. And three of those days, I would receive chemo for 22 hours consecutively. So I was only disconnected at night for about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it just, it would make me laugh a little bit when I was in the hospital because when they were getting ready to put my new chemo bag, the nurses would come in covered from head to toe pretty much you know yeah because i'm like i'm laying here and they they are protecting themselves from this drug this chemo that's they're bringing in in bags to run through my IV so it could go in my body. That should have been like the first warning right like alert i mean yeah like it has to be for everyone like it's so it's so scary it really is like just like i just found it humorous so i was like okay i'm getting this like pumped through my veins you know and right you, now yeah. and you're covered because you don't want it to touch your skin you know a lot of in a lot of cases chemo has helped uh, my mom is a 10-year breast cancer survivor oh, okay is she yes and um it worked for her. It worked for her. And thank God she's been healthy all these years. But I've read, I've become more knowledgeable like in that area. And just through so much research, I've not realized that it kills you. The last time that we, that you came over and you, and you told me about how it came back and how you did not want to do chemo, you shared a little bit about how horrible you felt and how it just wasn't you like it made you weak it did um it just takes away who you are even though you're still there you just can't even fake it i'm a really big faker <laughs> like i'll yeah. fake it till i make it yeah. you know like i oh, remind me of gloria for some reason <laughs> you just reminded me of your daughter right now when you said that yeah <laughs> and um I always try and look at the positive side of things and be as cheerful as I can be. It was hard. For me, for my family, because that's hard. It's hard. It's really hard to see your family because you know how much they want to help you, but they can't. At a certain point, they can't help you. Right. They just have to let you be, you know, and Mm -hmm. deal with it, I guess. Like, really go through it, Mm -hmm. you know. And it did. I just couldn't shake it off i'm like i thought it was just gonna be really pasajero Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it wasn't so i'm a little bit ignorant when it comes to that topic because i think cancer and i connect chemo Mm -hmm. so chemo is medicine that they're putting inside to try to kill the cancerous yes 
That's really what it is. It's a poison that goes into your body. To try um, to kill the cancerous. To try to kill the cancerous cells. But along with that, it's, all, it's also killing the rest of your cells. Mm. The cells that have to regenerate to make your hair grow, to give you taste buds, to um, make your skin nice and moisturized. Like they, It kills everything. It kills all cells within your body. And... You know, they say, but it's okay. Your body is so amazing that it repairs itself so quickly. And it's true. Our body is really amazing. Mm -hmm. And I really believe after being diagnosed this third time that our body can heal itself and that we have been provided with everything that we need naturally within the earth to do that to our body. But it's just become more of money and what really a few they just want to have all them they're greedy you know to they want to push greedy you. people okay so and i know that you shared today about but i want to get that towards the third time how they don't want to do the surgery but yet if you do chemo first and then <clears throat> they could do the surgery yes which is interesting to me like what? it is like why yeah so the second time you go through the chemo, it was a very hard experience for you. Yeah, it was Thankfully, really Thankfully, you came, you know, you came through it. Yeah, I got through it. I got out of it. I got out of it, and I was pretty much recuperating. As Cancer I, free. I say, like, yay, I'm, like, getting healthy. Even though I was taking care of myself, I really wasn't taking care of myself how I should have been. And so, you know, still going to check up. Did you just feel you were confident that the chemo just... They are cancer-free, so... I was. I think... I really... No, I don't think I was confident. And I said, fuck that. Like, I know I beat it. Like, I had surgery. It was gone. And I had more chemo. Like, it's done. You know? It's done. As a cancer patient, do they tell you that it could come back? Yeah. And when I was pretty much done, my doctor, he said, he's like, you know, it came back again. And chances are that it's going to come back again. Oh, dang. So at that point, I was like, so I was pretty much thinking like, I'm fucked anyway then, you know? Okay, yeah. Like, what did I just go through this for then? If yeah. you're telling me this, that, yeah. no, well, it's gone now, but, you know, it's, it's going to come, come back. back. Oh, my God. Okay. So then you're done. You're a year almost. A year almost. Actually, no, it was a month after the year because... Okay. February 15th, okay. 16th was around when I finished chemo. Okay. And yes, I went to my checkup the following year in March. I had already gone in October and everything was fine. And then I went again in March. Okay, so March 2015. This year or last year? What year are we in? 2017. We're in- <laughs> I'm a year ahead already. <laughs> Well, Chris, let me let me break it down to you. We're in 2016. It was March of 2016. Yeah, it was this year. Yes. Yeah. So it was this year, and when I went, I was actually going to school, and I was so psyched about it, and I still am because once this is over, I'm gonna go to school again, and I was so excited and. I remember um, you were telling me your, your uh, vision with the school, with the yes, uh, lunch programs. Food. Yes, they yeah, are. So I remember like, your, your business plan, and I loved it. I wanted to keep to hearing about it. We need to teach kids this. It's so important to teach the kids. And yeah. with that, we learn ourselves, you know? Right. But, um, so yeah, I was so excited. And 
But for some reason, I kind of knew. Every single time, I kind of knew. Do you? Yeah, I had a feeling. Like, okay. every single time, I had a feeling. But like I said, I don't know. I've never really been, like, so scared about it. Mm-hmm. So March happens. You go get, you just go on a checkup? <clears throat> yeah, I go on a checkup. And they tell you. They break the news to you. And they pretty much, yeah, tell me that. And this you time, know. you told me three or four? Um, Four. Four, and yes. one of them is connected to your kidney, which yes. is the only kidney you have left. Correct. Which makes it a lot more scarier, I guess you would say. Yeah, it becomes definitely a, more, a lot more scarier because it's only been a couple months also since my last scan, which was completely clean, and for it to be on my kidney and covering about 50% of it, and even though like the good thing that it will... The thing that gives me relief is that my kidney is still fully functional. Okay. It's I have no problems with it whatsoever. And just the other ones are within my abdomen again. So um, I knew right off the bat that I had decided a long time ago that I would not do chemo again because of the side effects more than anything. Because if the cancer doesn't kill you first, it's going to be the chemo that kills mm-hmm. you. I've heard that from ca- <clears throat> cancer patients. It does. And the one of the number one reasons that you die from chemo is because of malnutrition. Mm-hmm. Because you're not eating properly and you just don't know, you mm-hmm. know, what you should be doing. Because doctors fail to give you that information when it's something that can be really life and death right for a cancer patient or for really anyone in general it has to be pushed on us and we really have to understand and accept it that food is our medicine it really is it can be our medicine or it can be our death and in a lot of cases it can be our medicine yeah i know that's that's what you were learning last time you came you were so passionate talking about Everything that you were learning in class and saying, because you were learning about plants and just mm-hmm. seeing how humans were just like plants. Like we yeah. need. We need certain things to survive and we really are, are, we're made up of essentially the same things as plants and it's really unbelievable how, how closely we are related and it's, I was thinking about it and said, well, if you take care of a plant properly and give it the water that it needs, give it the nutrients that it needs, mm-hmm. it's going to flourish and live a long life. Right. And just like a human, I thought, if we take care of mm-hmm. ourselves and give ourselves plenty of water and really give our body like what it needs, foods. yes, which is plant-based foods and stop honestly it just sucks but stop eating meat it's one of the biggest contributors to a lot of illnesses that we have and we we can't accept that i guess also as a society like we can't accept it and that's something that i've been i've struggled with a lot i've grown up my whole life eating meat you know it's not like oh my gosh i need it to survive but i like it like once in a while and it's hard. I mean, <clears throat> so when I was rediagnosed, I was reading a lot of 
you know how a vegetarian diet can ultimately kill the cancer okay and <clears throat> that was one of the biggest um, impacts I think uh, that I had okay and that I learned from this this was that kind of like time. the beginning of you wanting to do attack this the natural way yes it okay. really was and I said no 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 I cannot put my body by my body through chemo again I can't put my kidney through that again it's my last one I can't I rem- do that I remember when you, you said you were afraid to do chemo. You're like, I just don't feel like this second time. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna I make it. And I, I'm, and it, and it gives me chills to think that, like, it does. And I still feel the same way. I, Miguel, my husband, he always says, you know, like now we have to do this. And he's like, I know you don't want to do chemo, but I think it's like what we have to do. And and I'm just like, no, because chemo is going to kill me faster than the cancer is. You said something to me. I don't know if you remember, but you said something to me that mm. was really, I don't know if I should say empowering or it was just, it was very mature for someone going through that, which you said, if I'm going to, like, if I, if I'm going to live, like, I want to be with my children, like me being myself, because I know chemo, you are not yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just thought about it, and I was just trying to like, all right, this is she's doing the right thing. She's doing what she wants to do. Because I know for a lot of us on the outside, we're like, do chemo, like take the medicine, because we want you to be here, and we want you to live, and but we don't really know what's best for you. Only you know yeah. what's best for you. It is. I mean, it's scary because we all think that way. And that's how I was the second time around. I was like, oh, no, like, yes, I'm doing chemo. And OK, you're, you said it. I'm going to do it. You know? Yeah. There was no other options for me. I was just like, this is it. Yeah. And um, it is scary. I can only imagine. Like, I probably sound like a crazy woman. I, I am a crazy woman a lot <laughs> of the time. Hey, aren't we all, though? We are. OK. <laughs> and... Um, I I decided I knew too much and once you know yeah. you can't unknow. Oh yeah. And I That's a good quote. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote that once you know you cannot unknow. <laughs> you can't That's true. And I do and I still feel the same way. If I'm gonna if this is gonna take me, it's gonna take me like this. It's not gonna take me weak week and me not being me so the third time came around and you decided to look alternative ways to battle this so this place i you know through my research i came across it and it seemed really promising it wasn't just let's say plant-based no it was a combination of a diet um pretty much trying to go vegetarian okay it was with um machines that gave off um high frequencies Okay. That essentially what those machines did was kill cancerous cells. Okay. But, so I was very interested with this. Mm-hmm. I was incredibly interested with it because it combined a lot of things into one program. The only problem was that I didn't have any money for it at mm-hmm. all. This I remember the uh, insurance, right? insurance would not cover this and it still doesn't cover it But insurance will cover covers. Chemo. Yes, insurance. My insurance will cover chemo at a hundred percent. Hospital stays, medicine, anything, and that it's over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And so, 
they wouldn't pay $8,000 for this treatment, this alternative treatment. So I, at, by this time though, it was not a secret that I have cancer, but I'm not someone that is going to see one of my friends at the store and then like, oh, say, hey, what's up? And oh, yes, I have cancer, by the way. You know, like, I don't know. If it comes up, it comes up. You didn't share it at all. It wasn't until the Yeah, I didn't share it at like, all. Like, just saw also some close friends that it would just, ha- like, happen to come yeah. up, you know. And mm-hmm. if, if you ask me, I'm not going to hide it either. Right, right. One day I just woke up and... I said, I'm going to do a GoFundMe page. One of my husband's friends had offered to do one for me. And I said, thank you, but I, if I want to share this, I want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to put it out there so you know who I am. Right. I guess. And so at the moment, like at the time, I just wasn't sure, but it was just almost like a uh, last, like, I don't know, hope, I guess. Okay. And I said, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to share it, and I'm going to get over whatever I need to get over. I created it uh, June 1st. I put it out there, and I don't think I've ever cried so much over happiness, like happy tears, because it just... The support you were the getting. The support that I, I, mean, I still get, and... But the support, the love, just the love, I think, that I felt coming from so many people that some, I'm sure I don't even know some people mm-hmm. that helped me raise and they all helped me get to my goal. Um, I think in three days, mm-hmm. it was that I reached my goal. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing and it's incredible. And I still can't believe that that happened. I can't because... I know that everyone who helped me, who supported me, did it from their heart, you mm, know, and it yeah. wasn't, if they didn't, no one had to do anything, and yet so many people chose to do so much for mm. me, for my family, really. So I was able to raise that money, and I was able to go, I went, everything was wonderful, um, like the whole treatment experience was really nice like i felt really cared for and really like i needed to be there because of everything that i had already learned about nutrition and how it really is a really big factor in getting well and staying well Mm -hmm. unfortunately you know i knew it wasn't working probably like a week before i left i started I guess at the time I was kind of just ignoring it and Mm. saying, no, it's not, it's not. I've always had that lump right there. Mm. So we came back in July. So that was July of this year. Yes, it was in July. You came back and as soon as you came back, did you have to get um, tested Um, again? I should have, but I really just, I feel like I couldn't accept the fact that, and I still can't, it sucks that, that I went, I had so much faith in this treatment, and it really, mm. it didn't do anything. Mm. And that's good that you're sharing that, because you did have a lot, you were so excited about it. So it did I was, work. and I think one of the biggest things, too, with me is the fact that I'm trying to, <laughs> I, 
wish I didn't have to say this, but I feel like it's too late, you know, for me to be trying an alternate, like alternative methods. Do like, you? I feel like I should have done this the second time. Mm, okay, okay. Because um, once you have chemo, your chances of survival uh, rate pretty much drops to 50%. It just made your body even more resistant, yes, the, right? It, yes, it makes the cancer cells, the stronger. like mother cells, use the stem cells of cancer stronger, stronger to kill, and they gotcha. become more aggressive. When I was still going through the treatment, I decided that I was not going to go a second time. Because I said I can buy a lot of the, almost like some of the machines more for nutrition that they had there. Mm -hmm. And I could still keep them to maintain myself and to buy a lot of vitamins. I'm taking a lot of vitamins and minerals. I can use the extra money that was that I raised for these things. So um, I bought a couple other little machines. And so I kind of stopped doing it like at that. And I was waiting to buy another machine. But within that, while my parents were here, I was spending time with them and everything and I knew the mass in my abdomen was not going away uh my parents were still here and I happened to come across this mineral it's called MMS and it stands for mineral miracle solution this guy has been using it to treat a lot of patients um and they have cancer and he's been successful with it out there right now so i started looking to see where i could possibly go and i ended up finding this uh center um in mexico Oaxaca. well through this um page that i found that was in mexico i was able to find another center in oaxaca where i'm from oaxaca mexico i was psyched because i had been wanting to go to oaxaca for a while now i just I know a lot of, all my family knows what's going on. So my grandparents, I still, my living grandparents, I know they wanted to see me and they could, my mom always tells me like they imagine me just like pretty much on my deathbed and I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, Wait, not that's what your parents <laughs> Pretty much like they're like, oh, she's probably just laying down all the time you know when you like when they they hear that you have cancer exactly you probably think that you know yeah i was like oh my god like i this is it i was like (laughs) i need to be there like i need to go to this place and thank god i was also able to still like have the funds that were provided for me by my fund to go to this trip because I went for a purpose. It wasn't just to see my family. It, of course, made it that much better yeah. that they were there and I was going to be able to see them. You told me you were meant to be there because all your yeah. family was there. I felt like and I you was... went to go see that center. Yeah. It was I... in Oaxaca? <clears throat> it was. It's in Oaxaca. And today I went to my oncologist, my normal oncologist. I hadn't seen him since May. And since the last time I saw him, the only option he had for me was chemo. And okay. that's really it. That's my only option. No surgery. So then I, I went the alternative route. Today, actually, I went to go see him just to see what other option they might have because they had sent out my tissues, my sarcoma tissues for testing where they could determine if there's medicine out there to target my cancer. The one alternative that he's suggesting right now and it's chemo, but it's in a pill. It's not as harsh as the previous time and it's not as harsh as this other clinical trial that a doctor in Illinois uh, Northwestern gave me. So I have two options, you know, Lynn green with chemo so right now you're open 
You're open I am. to try. And you're open I always to learn have more. been. You know, you I've told always... me that Miguel is like pushing you. Like you need to choose. Pretty much, he's really like adamant of like we need to do something now. Yeah. Really, at this point, there's nothing else I can do. Mm-hmm. Chemo or this. Okay. So, do you see chemo in the future? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't want to do it. And that's and I'm happy that you're being so honest because I feel like a lot of people who do have it like are so set about what I'm gonna do. But it's just you're human and you don't know what to do because mm-hmm. you're so against chemo. But at the same time, it's like if that's the only like option, I want to be here. You know, of course, I want to be here and. Of course, you ha- you just... are going to be here, and you, you will be here, but you got to do what you got to do. And here we are now, so I want to thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. I know that I've learned a lot, like, when you come and share with me, and the last time you came and share, I just, you left, and I just, for a couple of days, I was just thinking our conversations over and over, just of everything, the diet, as far as what we eat some of the stuff you just said about the chemo and like I said I was very ignorant with the it's just I didn't know I just I just think cancer I think chemo you do it and then yeah we don't know and we have to start becoming more aware with it and like realizing that chemo is not and shouldn't be your first option it should not that should be your last option it should and because it really is that much easier to cure your cancer before chemo and I feel like we could save so many lives by doing that and wishing you know we could only wish and hope that people could open their minds and be more open about it and the medical community too they they have a big part that they could be playing in this and yeah they don't they don't and it's really sad if you or someone gets diagnosed with cancer say hold on to your doctor because they try and push chemo on you as fast as they can and just type in alternative cancer treatments and it's not one it's not two it's not three options it's a lot of options that can be done well you shared a lot today chris and i am thankful that you came I think a lot of people in the community, even if they don't know you, know about your story and they care about you and that's why they donated. And there are some people in this life that just give off a good vibe and you're one of them. Whether we know you or not, you have like something there that gives out a positive vibe. So I think you kind of just win people's hearts with that little spark that you have. I'm looking forward to hear what option you choose. I think you've taught me a lot to just remember. Just don't give up. Don't give up. Just health is not something to play with. It's not. And if something wants to hit you, it'll come. It is. It and will. So I, and so, and I, you and I have had conversations where sometimes it's even hard for me to stay positive. And somehow you turn it around and stay positive. And I'm like, how the heck is she helping me? (laughs) Where I'm the one that's supposed to be helping her stay positive. Because in your situation, it just reminds me how life is so unfair. Yeah, it is. You get what I'm saying? It really is. It sucks, but you just have to keep moving. You just have to keep moving forward. When we lost Nelson, I always like thought, how does someone get over that? You know, how does someone move? 
past the death and how a does family. one continue to live yeah and you just do you have to regardless of whatever it is that you're doing you just have to keep moving and keep going be as positive as you can because it doesn't only help you it helps everyone around you because they can't do anything as much mm-hmm. as they want to of course prayers and that's always really helpful and i feel like that has something to do with how i always feel pretty good about it even though it's like it really is so shitty you just have to choose to not get so down by it oh i like that and that's another quote (laughs) (laughs) you have to choose you do and that's a big thing you have to choose to make your life sweet yeah you do (laughs) you do exactly you have to choose you do um i'm gonna end all my episodes with the two same questions one is a current goal that you're working on and one the second question is a movie a song or artist music or a book something that's worth sharing what are you currently- my goal right now is to be cancer free so I can go back to school so I can continue my education to give a better life to my kids to my husband to my family for myself by me giving them a better life it's me having a better life and that's what I want one of my favorite books and I've told you about it once before I think it's called Reign of Gold by Victor Villaseñor and he's um Mexican writer I guess he's a Mexican American but he his parents were both Mexican they migrated from Mexico when the war was going out in 1900s early 1900s to Mexico so they migrated to California and they pretty much they grew up in Carlsbad Oceanside area where I grew up I wasn't born there but I grew up there and I know you too. Like we're living there for a couple years. <laughs> You're claiming to Cali. Ocean side. <laughs> Oceanside. Um, That's why I said those Californians. Those Californians, yes. And I was raised there, but I was born in Oaxaca. So okay. I, I, I also migrated to <laughs> Carlsbad Oceanside, and um, it's just such a wonderful story. That's the first book I ever really read. It's. It's in really an autobiography of his parents, oh, of his okay. grandparents. So he shares the story of just the yes. whole. Yes, oh, he shares nice. the stories of when they were living in Mexico prior to their migration. So he shares both stories, uh, his mom's side and his dad's side, and it's just really interesting to see how they when they were little up until they met and they got married, and it's nice just to. It's just a really good. Like story. barrio story, you know, Mexican like to kind of relate, yeah, to know, like, well, like that those are my roots, you know, and maybe uh-huh. not necessarily like where I was born, but yeah, yeah, but you um, like you could relate to a lot that he was saying, sharing yes. of his parents, like how they lived and everything. Like, I could totally imagine it. He's so What's well the name descriptive. Of Rain of Gold, Rain of Gold, Victor Villaseñor. All right, I'm gonna definitely check it out. And he still lives out there in Oceanside. He has a big ranch that he lives out there. And it's just pretty cool to read it. Like all, it was like in the bootleg era that his dad was a big time bootlegger. And he was like a bad boy. (laughs) Breaking all types of laws. Yes, all types of laws. Oh, sorry. So that's a really good book. And it's just a good story. A good true story that it 
kind of connects you to your Mexican history, you know? Of things awesome. that happened. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Chris. You're welcome. It was really nice to talk to you finally. I know. <laughs> We're going to have to have you on again after. Yeah, for sure. After you're cancer free. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your support means everything. A big thank you and hug to Chris. Thank you for sharing your story. You are incredibly strong and you have such a positive outlook and positive energy around you. That helps when we have to have these types of conversations or these topics that aren't very positive. I have faith that you will find the correct treatment for you and that you will be cancer's butt. And like we've shown you before, you have your family and community that has your back. Please subscribe to 30 Minutes with Nettie on iTunes podcast app. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the feedback. Social media, Nettie's World. If you want to email me, nettiespodcast at gmail.com. Let me know if you're liking these episodes. Are you liking the music? Any feedback is great. There's 15 minutes left to Monday. Most of you might listen to this Tuesday morning. But... Whatever the case, I hope you guys had a good start of the week. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.